Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. We're in the series called Day Good Work, exactly. And so we are on our final episode. You've been having some real insights, some inspiration, some great things. You know, we really want to leave you with something special through the series. So at the end of this message, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And it's important that you do, because if you do, you're going to see a dramatic difference in your life. And if you don't, well, it's going to be the same. Your life's going to be the same. There's going to be no difference. There's going to be no change, because in order to have something new, you have to make a change. You have to make a different decision to get a different result. That's so important, right? So here's something I know about every single one of you. You are called by God to do something special, to do something amazing, to make a change in the circumstance of your world, your community, in your surroundings. There's some greatness that has been put in you. God created you with something innately in you to make significant contributions to the world that you live in. And so all of us are designed to do something amazing. And so I hope that at the end of this series that you've been getting you know, week through the weeks, the last four weeks, this is the last week, that God has been stirring your heart, that God has been planting something in you, and it's time to actually begin a good work. So those of you who might have been with us the whole time, maybe you can catch up on our podcast, but briefly what we're doing is we're talking about this guy named Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah is an ordinary guy. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a warrior. He was just a servant, an ordinary guy. His job was to be a cupbearer to the king, you know, serving the king in his, in this, his palace, doing what he did every single day. And something happened in Nehemiah's life. His brother came along and told him about the situation that was happening back in his ancestral home in Jerusalem. And it broke his heart. It broke his heart because his family... His extended family was at there in that place that was just being destroyed. There was no protection. There was no leadership. There was no actual walls to protect them from anything, and his heart broke. They were living in a hopeless situation, in a vulnerable situation, and someone needed to do something. And so instead of just saying, God, do something about that situation, Nehemiah took it upon himself to do something. And he travels about 8,000 kilometers, which in that day would have been a really long time, right? And he has this clear vision. He inspires people to believe that God is doing an amazing work. And he inspires them so much that they begin to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And with God's plan and with his inspiration, they do an amazing work by rebuilding these walls of Jerusalem. And as we talked about last week, anytime you start something, you move into advancement. Anytime you move to progress something, enemies always show up to circumvent you. You know, in this case, Nehemiah's enemies were Sanballat and Tobiah. And today we'll meet another guy. His name is Gisham. But they did everything they could to distract Nehemiah from doing this amazing work for God. See, it's important that you realize 
If your enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. And so that's what the title of this message today is called. Distractions deal damage. Distractions deal damage. So number one, if your enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. And ultimately, distractions deal damage to your purpose. It hinders your growth. It stunts your potential. It doesn't help you accomplish what you were designed to do. Because anytime you go in a different direction than you're supposed to, you won't end up in your destination, will you? And this is exactly what happened to Nehemiah. He started doing this amazing work. And some of you can identify with this. As you start something in life, distractions come. And so when you look into the story of Nehemiah, this is what he tells us. He said, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I'd finished rebuilding the wall and that there were no gaps remained. Though we had not yet set up the doors of the gates, so Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Here's a really, really important tip. If your enemy tells you to meet them, don't go to a place called Ono. Right? <laughs> don't go to Ono, right? But what is Ono in our context? Because we don't have to go down to the plains of Ono, but what is it in our context? It's so important for us to realize that distractions take us away from what we are designed to do, right? Oftentimes we think, hey, let's go down to Ono because this is a great opportunity for me to go and meet my critics. And you know what? I'm really going to sit down and try to explain to them why they're wrong, right? I'm going to extend my influence. This is a great opportunity for me to change their mind or what they think about me. If I could just explain to them, if I could just make them see, if I could just take a little time and help them see the truth of what's really happening, that they've got it wrong, that they're actually doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, I can do this. I can change their mind. When we see an opportunity to help our detractors see the light or turn from their ways, it often turns into something completely different than what we expected it to do. See, what we call an opportunity, God often calls a distraction. What we think is an opportunity to change our enemy's mind is often a distraction that takes us off the purpose that God has called us to. What we see as an opportunity is actually a distraction that our enemies use to take us away from the very calling that God has placed in us or created us to be. And see, when you're in a place you were never meant to be, you will never accomplish what you were designed to do. When you're in a place you were never meant to be, you'll never accomplish what you were designed to do. Maybe you've heard one of these expressions, right? It's commonplace in our world. Everything that glitters is not gold, right? Things are not always what they seem. See, these are exactly the same things. Distractions 
take us away. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. Just because it seems like that's what is the right thing doesn't mean it is the right thing. These are just different ways of saying the same thing. A little distraction could lead you a great deal off course. A little distraction could lead you a great deal, a great distance off course. And so when you look at this in our current world, we live in a world that is consumed with distractions. I think in the history of the world, there's not been enough, uh, so much distractions as it is in our world. We have so many things that influence us. We have bells and chimes and texts and you know, notifications and Instagrams and signals and telegrams and apps and WhatsApps and all these things beeping at us constantly over and over. Facebook, Instagram, we need to check out what's happening there. We need to see what's happening there. We have instant news. We have all this stuff that is constantly being bombarded in our face. Think about this. When was the last time you had a really long conversation without picking up your phone? Without something chiming, dinging, beeping, vibrating, taking you away from the conversation. It might have been a great conversation, but your phone is another person in that conversation that constantly demands your attention. In fact, the world we live in, we actually have a name for that. Do you know what it's called? It's called pneumophobia. You know what pneumophobia is? It's a fear of leaving your phone behind. And according to stats, down in the Sydney Morning Herald, 99.2% of users show some level of pneumophobia. Do you think that's a high percentage? 99.2% of us have pneumophobia. The fear of leaving our phone behind. Of the 99.2%, 37% have mild symptoms of pneumophobia, 50% have moderate symptoms, and 13% have severe symptoms of pneumophobia. I think we have a problem, Houston. <laughs> we have so much time. Never has there been so much time doing things that don't matter. Scrolling through Facebook is not going to change your life. It's going to make it worse. Comparing yourself to pictures on Instagram is not going to give you better self-esteem. It's going to make you feel worse. So much time we've invested in doing something that really has no impact in our life at all. If you have a smartphone, it'll tell you how much time you spent on social media. You can check that out when you go home. And that time is spent just scrolling through over and over, looking at stuff that has no real impact in your world. Imagine how much time you could have used to build something into your world, to be more productive, to learn something new, to get an education, to help someone. If you had spent a small portion of the time that we wasted on social media. See, if your enemy can destroy you, he can distract you. And as long as you're distracted doing something that does not matter, something that does matter in your world goes unfinished, unresolved, unfixed. So what did Nehemiah do? 
What would Nehemiah do in his world? Well, Nehemiah rejects distraction. He rejected the distraction so he could continue doing something that matters. Nehemiah rejected the little things that came to pull him away from what was actually his calling in his life. Something that he did that is going to change not just his world, but those around him, his community, his family, and many other people to come. He keeps rebuilding the wall, and he says no to distraction. He says no to distraction over and over and over again. One of the best skills that we can develop as Christ followers is that we can say no to things that don't matter and stop saying yes to things that actually distract us. The best skill you can develop is to say no to things that will distract you from what you are called to do. To be strategic in your ability to say no. To be ruthless in your culling of distractions. Stop allowing, stop allowing yourself to be pulled in directions that aren't going to benefit you. You have to grow more in your ability to say no. You like that? You have to grow more in your ability to say no. In our world, we say no to the things that are important and yes to the things that actually lead us to distractions and keep us off course. I have a school assignment coming up that I really need to finish, but my friends just called me and they want to hang out. So I'm going to go with my friends when we should say no. I have a work assignment or I have a work project to complete, but the boys really want to go down to the bar and watch a game. I'm going to say yes to that and no to this. We say no to the things that we should be saying yes to. And oftentimes, our no's are just, well, maybe. Maybe is not an option. The best sentence you can form in your world has two words. Let me help you. Say no. You know how to do it? Yes? Let me help you, everyone. It's two words. It's going to be easy. Just say no. Come on, it's easy. Say no. no. Right? I want you to come down here and do this. I'm really busy. I'm going to say, well, maybe. No. Don't say maybe when you mean no. No is a complete sentence. You don't need to add on. No. Unfortunately, most of us, we say yes to the wrong things and no to the God thing. We'll say no to God and church and say yes to parties and bad influences. We say no to God working in us and we say yes to bad influences from other people. People say, oh, you must be tired. You know, you're doing too much. You're just taking too much time. Why don't you spend time doing this and just relaxing at home? You know, you worked a hard week. And we love to listen to people tell us negative influences that convince us to do things we shouldn't be doing. But when someone says, hey, why don't you step up and do this? We're like, oh, no. Why don't you allow God to touch your life? Well, you know, I, I can't give up time. I'm too busy. What are you busy doing? Binging Netflix. 
I'm too busy. What are you busy doing? Well, I'm driving around, you know, looking for the best place to eat. We say no to God all the time. And we say yes to the things that don't matter in our world. And then we find ourselves feeling empty, feeling anxious, feeling depressed, because there's nothing significant in our world. We've filled our world with empty things and empty activities, and we don't feel fulfilled. And when we wonder, well, what's happening in my world? Why do I feel like God's not here? I feel empty. Well, what have you invested in yourself? Have you allowed God to move in your life? Have you allowed yourself to step out and do something that matters? Has you allowed God to stir your heart into doing something significant? Or it's all about, you know, fingers, texting, playing games, filling your stomach, filling your eyes, filling things that are temporary, that have no lasting impact in your world. So let's hang out and talk about people. Let's hang out and gossip. Let's hang out and discuss how so-and-so is living their life. I'm down for that. Oh, you come to prayer meeting? No, I'm too busy. Show up on a Sunday for prayer? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I need to spend at least 45 minutes putting on my makeup so I look good. So the guy right beside me can check me out. But come and lift your hands and worship at 10 o'clock? No, no, I would rather take the half an hour to look good and miss out and lifting my hands to God. We say no to the stuff all the time. And we say yes to things that distract us from leaning in a little bit more, from building ourselves a little bit more, and we give ourselves over to gossip. We give ourselves over to pity parties. We give ourselves over to things that don't help us. Sitting down and discussing problems with someone that can help you is not going to change your world. It's going to make you feel worse. See, the reality is that we need to be able to say no to distractions that pull us off our purpose. Even Jesus said no to distractions. There was a time where Jesus went around and did some amazing things. He fed these people, and these people were so amazed. They said, Jesus, we don't want you to go anywhere. We want you to stay here. We're going to make you our king. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Here's the important thing. He said no to the crowd so he could say yes to his father. He said no to the crowd so he could say yes to his father. And that should be our response. We should be saying no to the distractions, no to the popularity things, no to the things that, and saying yes to God. Yes to God building me up. Yes to God pouring out in my life. Yes to God growing in my faith. Yes to God spending time more with him. Yes to coming at a place where I'm going to be built up and encouraged and challenged to do something. Not just come and sit and feel good and say, you guys are awesome, go on your way. We need to be challenged to grow. That's why you go to the gym and lift equipment because your body needs a challenge to grow. We do it in our world, but we'd say no to God. Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should. 
Because if you do things all the time with things that are not important, if you're always available to everyone, eventually you'll have nothing to give to anyone. If you're always available to everyone, eventually you'll have nothing to give to anyone because you will be completely empty. Nehemiah was strategic in his rejection of distractions. Four times they came to Nehemiah and said, Hey, you're building this. You're working hard. You're doing awesome times. Why don't you just come down, have a chat with us? Four times they said, Hey, come down. Let's have a conference. Let's have a meeting. Let's have a chat. Let's have a catch-up. And Nehemiah said, No, 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 no. I'm not being distracted. So finally, the fifth time, he says this, the fifth time, Sanballat's servant, servant came to me with an open letter in his hand. And this is what it said. There is a rumor. Gotta love that, right? There's always a rumor. Happens all the time in church. I heard a rumor. I heard a person saying this. There's a rumor going around that you're doing this. There's a rumor. <laughs> right? So there's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Gisham tells me it is true. This guy said it's true. He's not with us, but he said it's true. And that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his report, you plan to be their king. There's a rumor. You want to be the king. Rumors are carried by haters, spread by fools, and believed by idiots. Whoops, did I say that in church? Erase that bit. There's a rumor. So many rumors that lead us off course. You will never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. You'll never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. You should not let someone else's opinion of you distrust or disrupt what God's calling you to do. Because that's what happens in our world. You know, there's a rumor this happened, and then we stop what we should be doing and run over here to kind of address this rumor, to try and say, that's not true. And we waste time. It's a distraction. It's a form of distraction. It pulls us away from what we're supposed to be doing, what God has called us to do. Don't worry about what people say about you. Worry about what's true about you. Don't worry what people say about you. Worry what's true about you. Live a life that honors God and don't worry about the rumors because there's always going to be a rumor. Always going to be someone saying something about you. Always going to be someone that has something negative to say. Live a life that honors God and forget about those rumors. And this is what Nehemiah did. Amazingly wise leader. He, he says this, I replied, there's no truth in any part of your story. I don't believe your rumors. You're making up the whole thing. I heard a rumor. Nehemiah didn't want to be king. Instead of letting the opposition discourage him, Nehemiah became even more determined. 
This is what happens in the text. He says in verse 9, they were just trying to intimidate me, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continue the work with even greater determination. Even greater determination. They tried to intimidate us, imagining that we would give up because distractions came and said, you know what, you're being distracted. There's rumors, there's all these things going around. But no, he continued with even greater determination. And I love how they worked. If you need, if you read the story of Nehemiah, they worked with their families. They worked as a family doing the work that God had called them to. They didn't run off and they worked with, you know, a, a trowel, which is a wall building equipment thing, a little triangle thing. Ask a guy who builds a wall, a trowel and a sword. They had a sword in one hand and a working equipment on the other hand. And they worked with their families. So, they were on guard for the enemy, and they didn't stop doing the work. In fact, Jesus said this way, watch and pray. Right? You're on guard, and you're doing a work. You're guarding your heart from rumors, but you're not stopping. You're doing a great work. They kept working, tool in one hand, weapon in the other. Sometimes distractions might not even come from your enemies. Sometimes they come from those who say they're your friends. Those that say they're looking out for you, that they're in your corner. But they're actually trying to pull you away from what God has called you to do. You have to be discerning. You have to be understanding. You have to be connected in such a way that you know, even those that they think that are for you might be pulling you in a direction that is not designed for you to be. Because if God designed you to be a doctor and you become a world scientist or someone that goes and helps people in Africa, you're not accomplishing what you were designed to do. And you might be doing things, oh, I'm doing the great things, because here's the truth. The enemy of great is good. The enemy of great is good. Sometimes you think you're doing good things, but good things prevent you from doing great things. Look at what happened to Nehemiah. Later I went to see Shemaiah. He was one of the guys. He was in the camp. He was working with Nehemiah. He was on the inside. He was one of the team, one of the boys, one of the guys, one of the guys working on the wall. Shemaiah wasn't Tobiah. It wasn't Sanballat. It wasn't even Gisham. These are the guys on the outside that were talking about all these rumors. But Shemaiah, he was in the camp. He was in the city. And he said this. He said, let us meet together inside the temple. This is what Shemaiah is saying. Let's go inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. I'm your buddy. I'm giving you some intel. I'm giving you some inside information. Enemies are coming tonight. They're going to catch you. They're going to kill you. Let's go hide out in the temple. Let's stay there. Let's protect ourselves. Because we don't, I don't want to see you die. I don't want to see you lose your life. So come with me. We'll go into the temple. We'll hide out. Confound this plot. Nehemiah, well, he had the authority to do that. He had the authority to go into the temple. But it wasn't right for him to do because he was not a priest. That was not where he was supposed to be. He was the governor. He was called to build the wall. 
But Nehemiah had the insight and the foresight to recognize that this was not from God. Even though it was one of his guys, it wasn't coming from God. This is in, in the next verse. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him. But he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He said he was my friend. He was on my team. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse me and discredit me. That's what Nehemiah said. This guy named Shemaiah, he said, come, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to do all these things to make sure you don't die. But what he was really doing was distracting Nehemiah from doing what God had called him to do under the guise of being his friend. And if you don't understand how important it is for your purpose, for your calling, for what God has placed in you, you're going to be pulled in different directions from people that seem to be your friend, but actually distract you from doing what you are designed to do. Amen. Pull you out of course. And so Nehemiah said, no, I'm not going to hide out. I'm not going to take special privileges. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be persuaded by people who so-called friends of mine. I know what God has called me to do. I know it on the inside. I know it deep down because I have this connection that God has called me to do. It's not about what went down with other people. It's about what God has called me to do. Just because someone else can go somewhere doesn't mean you can and you should. This wasn't about me when we started, Nehemiah said. It's not going to be about me now. I didn't come here to make a name for myself. I came here to build a wall. That's what he said. And so I said, I say no to anything else because it could distract me from God's purpose. When you know what your purpose is, you know what pulls you away from what it's called, what's supposed to be. Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, Samiah, all of them conspired to take away Nehemiah's purpose. So many different things from different directions. But Nehemiah had the wisdom to recognize when it was from God and when it wasn't. They taunt him. They threaten him. They discourage him. They scare him. They try to distract him. But I love how Nehemiah responds. I love the scriptures. Perhaps one of the greatest ones in the whole of, of scripture. It says in Nehemiah 6.3. It says this. And I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should I stop the work while I leave it and come down to you? I love that. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down to you. I cannot be distracted by you. I cannot be pulled away from what God has placed me to do. I'm not trying to do what's impressive. I'm called to do what's important. I'm not trying to do what is popular. 
I'm just living out what my purpose is. So I'm not coming down. I'm not backing off. I'm not taking my eyes off the prize. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing something that matters. I'm doing something significant. I'm doing something that's going to change my family, my community, my city. I'm making an impact in this world. It's going to change lives. It's going to transform people. And you can see it. In this season, what has God called you to do? What has God called you to do? Because all, every single one of us, we've been called to make something significant, to change something in our world, in our community. Maybe it's you trying to build a business that's going to help the community and people are trying to distract you. Don't be distracted. Maybe it's believing God's provision for loving people at youth and showing up on time and serving and, and giving and providing don't be distracted. Maybe it's just paying off a debt so your family can't, can't live under blinding debt and you're paying it off dollar by dollar. It's worth it. Do it. Maybe it's living a pure life and, and trusting yourself not to give into sexual addiction before marriage. It's worth it. Do it because that's what God has called you to do. There's going to be voices of discouragement. There's going to be people that pull you away. There's going to be people that say it's all kind of foolish things in your life. There might be even people laughing at you. But you are doing a good work and you can't come down. I'm doing a great work and I'm not going to be distracted. Because that's what God has called me to do says this in verse 14, Remember, O oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember, Nodiah the prophet, and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished, and this is so amazing, just 52 days after we began. Nehemiah completed this massive project with no Skilled builders, they were perfumers, they were goldsmiths, they were not carpenters, they were not wall builders, but in 52 days, Nehemiah completed this massive project. It's an amazing achievement. 52 days. And what I want you to understand is this. There were no amazing supernatural miracles that happened during this time. There were no talking donkeys that showed up to tell Nehemiah something. There was no food from heaven that fell down and supernaturally provided for these people. There was no burning bush. There was no dividing sea. There was no fire from the sky. There were no massive 10 foot angels that showed up with chainsaws singing, We are the champions. None of that happened. It was just ordinary people doing a work that were not distracted. And in 52 days, they accomplished this project. 52 days. Ordinary guy with a vision from God, with God's help, accomplished amazing things. Verse 16 says, When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. When you were completed your work, 
your enemies will be stunned because they wouldn't realize how you accomplished it. Because God was with you. God worked through you. The greater the opposition against you, the greater the opportunity for God to fight for you. The greater the opposition against you, the greater the opportunity for God to fight for you. And here's something really important, and I'm going to leave you with two questions. You will never finish what you don't start. Earth-shattering revelation right there, I know, but you will never finish what you don't start. It's time to begin your good work. It's time for God to help you step out and stop being distracted, influenced, pulled down, from all the things in your world. So here's two questions, and I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. Question one, what is the great work that God has placed in you? Now, there's no cop-out, because you can't think, well, I don't think I have a great work, because God does not make mistakes. Every single one of you has been created to do something amazing. Whether that's in the church, in the community, and, and just because it's in the community doesn't mean it's not in the church. See, oftentimes we confuse a building with the church. A building is just where we gather. The church is who we are. And so your work in the church could be out of this building, but it's a work in, for God. So what is the great work that God has placed in you? Think about it for a second. You, all of you, you've been distracted. You've been pulled away. You've been influenced by people. You've been told you're going to other people to tell you and they tell you, no, that's not it. When you have this stirring, this calling, this feeling, this desire on the inside, there's something there. And maybe you've put it on a shelf. You said, yeah, when this happens, I'll do it. When the time is right, when I get married, when I'm single, when I have a house, when I have a car, when I'll do this. I did that in my life at some point. When this happens, I'll do this. You never got there. It's just making excuses. Here's an important thing. You will never feel complete unless you accomplish what you were designed to do. You can try to fill it with other stuff and with other things, but you'll never feel complete. There'll always be a hole in your spirit. There'll always be a hole in your heart because you'll never be complete unless you step into what God has called you to do. Number two, which is probably even more self-searching, is, is this. Why have you been putting off your calling and purpose. Why have you been putting off your calling and purpose? And right now your mind is making excuses and saying, oh, it's because of this. It's because I'm too busy at work. I have kids. I have this. I have this. 
Let me tell you, we have a single mother downstairs that has three kids that's serving in Kids Jam. She goes to work, she takes care of her kids, and she still has time to come and serve on Sunday. Come during the week and clean. All of us are capable of doing something. And you've put off stuff long enough, right? You've been sitting down long enough. Has your world become better because you're sitting down? Ask yourself a real question. And I know that seat feels really hot and uncomfortable right now. That's okay. Sometimes we need to be uncomfortable before we move into a level of comfort. Sometimes if we're not challenged, we'll never do anything. If all of us have the greatest self-motivation in the world, this world would be a different place. But the reality is not true. Sometimes, when I was a kid, they used to tell me, you need a kick in the backside, right? To do something. It's like, get up before I kick you in the backside. It's like, oh, I don't want that, so I'm going to do it. Sometimes, we just need a little push to do what God has called us to. So why have you been putting off? Because of excuses, because of distractions, because other people think that you shouldn't do it, because you don't think you're qualified enough, because you think that you're not capable enough. All the stuff that is actually distractions. I want you to think about those two questions for a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. So stand with me. You know, we've had four weeks of the good work. We've had four weeks of preparation. We have four weeks of inspiration. We have four weeks to let God stir our heart. We had four weeks to listen and, and talk about Nehemiah and listen to Nehemiah, hear about how this ordinary guy did some marvelous thing. In 52 days, he changed a city. 52 days. And in you right now, in your place, in, in your seed, in your heart, in your lives, there's greatness waiting for you to step out and be what God has called you to do. And we've put it aside. And we've laid it down and we've made excuses and we've just neglected sometimes. But I'm asking you, at the beginning I said to you, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And here's it, here it is. It's time for you to step in and do what God has called you to do. Stop making the excuses. You might not know how, you might not know if you're capable, you might not know any of this stuff. That's not a viable excuse. Because God, who is more than able and more than capable and more than able to provide for everything, is with you. So all that is just foolish talk. You were created to do more. You were created to be amazing, to do a great work. 
If you're not serving in the church, you're missing out on the gifts that God has placed in you. You're missing out on seeing God's marvelous work in your world, in your life, to see how He can do amazing things through you and in you and people around you. You're missing out on the talents that He has placed in you. You're missing out on a great component of your life because you're not allowing yourself to step out of your comfort zone. God's ready to partner with you to do a great work, to do, to make a difference in your world, to make a difference in your life. And some of you, you want more from God. And you're saying, I want more. I want to be filled more. I want to work more. I want to love more. I want to do more. But you're not willing to start a great work. And you sense it. You know it's there on the inside. You feel the tug, you feel the pull, you feel the conviction, you feel the yearning. But you're just checking out in your head. It's time to stop being distracted by enemies, by friends, by people that say they're in your corner and turn your heart to the one that can make a difference in your world. And stop letting so many voices, we think they're friends' voices speaking to us, but they're actually pulling us away. We think they're enemy voices saying there's a rumor, there's this, but it's actually pulling us away. And we're feeling the impact in our world. We're feeling the emptiness. And we don't know what to do. We're like, I want something, but I don't know what it is. It's empty. It's feeling vacant. Well, look into your world. What? Where are you spending your time? Where are you investing? What are you pouring into yourself? And you'll discover why you feel what you do. So here's the challenge. I want you to take a step of faith. And I'm going to ask you to do that for wherever you are. And if you're ready to make a change in your life, if you're ready to help in the church, if you're ready to help in your community, if you're ready to help in your world, in your family, I want you to take a step, one step of faith. Wherever you are, take a step. You can take a side step if you're in an aisle, but take a step out of where you are and into where you want to be. You ready? If you're ready to do that, if you don't want to change, if you want to stay the same, that's fine. But if you want to make a change in your world, you want to make a change in your heart, and your life, take one step. Ready? Whatever direction, left, right, aisle. One, two, three, go. Even that little step has changed your perspective because you see a, a different view from where you are. Now, after taking a step of faith, you need to begin to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do? Some of you already know. Some of you know what you're supposed to be doing. You just haven't done it yet. Some of you have been saying if, when, what, when, how. It doesn't matter. God will show you. God will bring people. You're in a church that can assist you in a place that people can help you. It's time to begin a great work. It's time to begin a good work. It's time to be like Nehemiah. It's time to do what God has called us to do. Your life depends upon it. Your happiness depends upon it because you'll never be 
what you're supposed to be if you're not doing what God has called you to do. So, next steps. Come talk to me, one of the leaders, if there's something you want to do in the house. If there's a project in your family, go home, open a book, write it down. Write the next step of what you need to do. Do something. Don't walk out of this building and do nothing. Because as soon as you do, you'll forget. The enemy will distract you with other things. And it could be good things, but it'll not be great things. Do something before you leave this place. Write it on your phone. Set a reminder. Talk to someone. Ask someone to hold you accountable. Do something before you leave this place. Or you will forget. And the world, your world will become busy with stuff and you will not even remember it. And come next week, it will just be another Sunday. But change your world. Are you ready to pray? If you want to come gather at the front... Come with me. We're going to pray as a family. You feel challenged to come forward. Come on, step up. Hold someone's hand up here. Hold someone's shoulder. Support someone. Encourage someone. Thank you for stepping up in faith. Thank you for stepping out and listening to what God has called you to. If you're here for the first time, don't be feeling out, left out. Come on, join us. Be part of what Transform is doing. Be part of what God is doing in this world, this community. Church is for everyone, not just for certain people. Now let's pray together as a family. Remember how Nehemiah worked? He worked with families they all work together to build their portion of the wall. So it's not one person doing the whole thing. It's just, I'm just going to take care of this section. And there's so many sections in our place. Little sections that we can do. Little tasks, little jobs, little works. But becomes a great work. Now let's pray together. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.